Welcome back to another episode of Podsdale. I'm your host, Holly Walter from the city's Office of Communication. And today we are bringing an amazing storyteller on the show to share a little piece of our city's history. But before I introduce our guest, I'll turn it over to Stephanie Harada for this episode's Fast Five. Hi, I'm Public Affairs Specialist Stephanie Harada with five fast things happening around the city you need to know. Our number five spot this episode goes to Scottsdale Public Library's summer reading program. Be sure your students return to school well prepared by having them participate in this program. This year's theme is Tales and Tales and runs through August 1st. The program is available for all ages, so head over to scottsdalelibrary.org to sign up, log minutes reading, and earn prizes. Number four is all about summer nights at the Scottsdale Museum of Contemporary Art. Plan a night out at Smoka. Invite family, friends, or come solo. The museum is now open until 7 p.m. Thursdays. Plus, it's free admission on that night. Win! Facilities building technician Bruce Clapham and streets maintenance technician Todd Sarniska share our number three spot. Both are retiring, Bruce after 35 years and Todd after 30. Bruce is an integral part of our facilities team, but his best on-the-job memory involves the time he and another city employee jumped into action to wrangle loose cattle off a North Scottsdale road. And for 25 years, Todd handled the city's roadway striping and pavement messages, so you could say Todd kept Scottsdale in line and gave our city a sense of direction. That said, we wish him the best as he heads in the retirement direction. Gentlemen, thank you both for your dedication to Scottsdale, and congratulations. Number two is a kudo to City Clerk Supervisor Rommel Cordova. He has earned the prestigious designation of Certified Municipal Clerk from the International Institute of Municipal Clerks. This program is designed to enhance the job performance of clerks in both small and large municipalities. To earn the CMC designation, a municipal clerk must attend extensive education programs. Way to go, Rommel. And our number one Fast Five spot is about COVID-19 vaccinations. Based on Maricopa County's vaccine dashboard, vaccinations continue to rise slightly in our city. Nearly 64% of Scottsdale residents received at least the first dose, while 58.3% have been fully vaccinated. Scottsdale still has the highest vaccination rates of the major Valley cities and is above the state and national rates as well. So let's continue building a community of immunity. Do you or someone you know need a COVID-19 vaccination? Visit maricopa.gov to find upcoming free vaccination events Valley-wide. And that's our Fast Five for this episode of Podsdale. Got something for a future Fast Five? Tell us by emailing communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. I'll turn it back over to you. Holly? Thanks, Stephanie. Well, our guest today also happens to be my coworker, so he couldn't get too far away from me, and it was pretty easy for me to uh, track him down and get him to join us today for this episode. I'm talking about Citizen Advisor Bruce Wall. Hi, Bruce. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. To start off, before we get into the topic for today, tell our listeners what you do for the city as a Citizen Advisor and also just a little background on your career. Okay. Well, um, as a citizen advisor, I run different programs to help citizens with different issues. For example, the neighborhood college program that teaches people who are um, on homeowners association board of directors how to be a better person on a board of directors. We also have a series of classes called the Good Neighbor Series, which just gives you good information for anyone to know. And then the last one is our Stories of Scottsdale History Series, which, which I have played a role in. But I also run programs such as the Block Party Program that lends block party supplies to Scottsdale residents who are going to have a block party. 
Um, I also run um, the Adoptero program and the Neighborhood Cleanup program, which is for neighbors who want to clean up their neighborhood. We'll give them a 30-yard roll-off for a weekend. Okay. And then prior to this position, you were in our police department, correct? I was. I was a police aide for the Scottsdale Police Department for six years. And before that, I was in a department that's no longer around called Citizen Neighborhood Resources, and I was a neighborhood safety advisor. Okay. And so now you're part of the Office of Communication and Citizen Service. And for those of you who don't know, Bruce can be found over at the design studio, and that's where we are all located today. And one thing, if you don't know Bruce, Bruce is a great storyteller, and he loves to uh, dig up Scottsdale history and share those stories with others. So how did that interest and passion for you begin? Well, it actually went back to when I was working for the police department. Um, I was trying to come up with a presentation when I realized that people really don't didn't know a lot about the history of the city of Scottsdale and back when it was a town. And the more I dug into it, the more I, I found it interesting. I created a presentation to teach new police officers. And I did that for about a year, year and a half. And then I got into my new position with citizen service. And I said, why don't we have a class on history in neighborhood college? And we hoped that it would get 20 people and 82 showed up for the first one and 191 showed up for the second one. And just sort of gone from there, we get about 130 people to most of the the first run of the class. That's awesome. And if you haven't had a chance to catch one of Bruce's presentations, there's a reason why they are so well attended because they're very engaging. He has so many different facts and interesting pieces of information you may have not heard about the city before. So I encourage everyone uh, to visit our website because we have a series of Bruce's presentations on Scottsdale AZGov if you just search for Neighborhood College and they're also on our YouTube channel. Um, But That inspired us to approach you today to tell a little story to share with our listeners. Um, And we thought it would be fitting because just last month, the city uh, celebrated 70 years of incorporation. And today you're going to tell us a story about a business that I believe has been around for 60 years, you said, correct? So almost as long as as our uh, city has been incorporated. So uh, with that, I will let Bruce give us the inside scoop on this business. (laughs) And the business is called the Sugar Bowl, and it actually uh, can be traced back. The first owner that that I was able to find was a man named E.G. Scott, and no relation to Winfield Scott, a different family. And he owned a blacksmith shop in the area that's First Avenue and Scottsdale Road. The address today is 4005 North Scottsdale Road. And he owned that in the 30s, 40s, and until the... 50s. In the 50s, it became a hardware store. It became a um, tire shop, uh, auto repair shop. And then in 1958, a man named Jack Huntress came to Scottsdale and he decided he'd take his family out for dinner one night. And they went to the Lulabelle, a great restaurant at the time on Main Street, one of the, the big three. And he brought his his young children with him because there was really no family restaurant in Scottsdale at the time. And some of the neighbors chided him or some of the neighboring tables chided him for bringing children into a restaurant where alcohol was served. So he decided that he would make his own restaurant or his own place where he could serve um, families. And so in, on Christmas day in 1958, he opened the sugar bowl and he patterned the place after a 
hotel in San Francisco called the Mark Hopkins Hotel. There was a restaurant there called Blum's and Jack loved the tufted booths and the pink stripe wallpaper. And he loved the soda fountain. He got this beautiful soda fountain and, and the current owner, Carol Huntress, his nephew, calls it the star of the restaurant. It's, there's no TVs in this place. And he even had a graphic artist named Pat Thompson back in the in the late 50s designed the menu and the menu is the same thing today as it was back then but the price has gone up a little bit since then it's no longer 15 cents for a sundae <laughs> in fact when the sugar bowl opened in 1958 the locals thought 15 cents was too expensive for ice cream and the restaurant would never make it <laughs> obviously they were wrong about right. that so the restaurant just from the beginning got a big following and people really seemed to like it and Jack Hunters got more involved in local politics and local things. He served on the uh, the Friends of the Scottsdale Library. He was on the Chamber of Commerce. And people really liked what he had to say, and they liked his leadership in all these places. And he was eventually elected uh, to the town council of the town of Paradise Valley when it first got incorporated in the early 60s. And then the mayor left because he moved to another city and Jack was elected first temporary mayor, and then he became elected mayor for 10 straight years, just over and over again. In fact, his nephew calls him the Herb Drinkwater of Paradise Valley okay. because of his long serving uh, time serving as mayor. After 1971, Jack decided not to run for re-election, and he resigned as mayor. And people were quite shocked because he'd been the mayor for so long, and people thought of when they thought of Paradise Valley, they thought of Jack Huntress. Around 1980, 1983, his nephew, Carol Huntress III, was a graduate of Arizona State University, and he was bored by a desk job in Wisconsin. He decided to move to Arizona from Wisconsin, and he asked Jack for a job. He started out in the kitchen, eventually worked up to the manager, and in 1985, he purchased the Sugar Bowl from Jack Huntress. And he's owned the Sugar Bowl ever since now for 35 years. Wow. So he's the own, current owner today. He correct? is. Okay. Correct. The original Sugar Bowl was just the, the corner part. But um, Carol Huntress has added a, another part to the south called the Sugar Bowl Fiesta. And it's like a, a place where you can reserve a table. You could have a, a small party if you need to, maybe a birthday party mm -hmm. at the Sugar Bowl. And there's some games that you can go and play. It's, it's just a really nice little place. And there's also a really funny thing. Just before the pandemic, a corporation decided to put their business directly across the street from the Sugar Bowl. And it was probably the worst decision of a corporation ever because across the street is a Huggin Daz ice cream shop across from the Sugar Bowl. It's kind of like, why would anybody go there when you got the Sugar Bowl across the street? Mm -hmm. Such awesome, awesome ice cream. <laughs> um, when Jack Steele was the owner, a new uh, cartoonists started coming to town who had moved to Paradise Valley. Jack had moved in because um, his wife needed uh, to live in a place that was a little bit drier. And this cartoonist was also needing to find a place a little drier climate. So he also moved in. He moved down the street in Paradise Valley. And that was Bill Keen. Mm -hmm. And Bill Keen is the star, the creator of the Family Circus, which was originally called the Family Circle cartoon. Okay. And then it became the family circus after he was threatened with a lawsuit. Um, he served in World War II where he met his wife, Thel, in Australia. And in 1959, he and Thel and their five kids moved to Paradise Valley from, the, from Pennsylvania. And 
bought a, a very nice home on Joshua Tree Lane in Paradise Valley. When he started the family circus, he would take his kids to the Sugar Bowl, and suddenly the Sugar Bowl started to pop in in cartoons of the family circus. The first one happened around 1963, 1964, and it just kept happening over and over again. He loved the ice cream. He liked the store. He liked the philosophy behind the store. And Carol Hunter said up until uh, throughout his time, he would just stop in for ice cream, ask to borrow a, a menu. He would write a, a family circus cartoon on it. Carol would get it and he would have it framed. Oh, wow. So it was kind of a neat thing. Um, and Bill Keen, when he designed the family circus cartoon, they weren't like laugh out loud. They're more like you say, oh, that's nice. That, that's a cute idea. Mm -hmm. Another thing interesting about Bill Keen is that he took uh, one of the L's out of his name. He only referred to himself as Bill B-I-L Keen. And he was asked once, why did you take out the second L? He said, well, one day when I was learning how to draw cartoons, I drew them on the wall of my house and my parents knocked the, the L out of me. <laughs> okay, I'm giving you the award uh, for dad joke of the week on Thank that you. one, Bruce. I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> if you go to, over to the Sugar Bowl, some of the neat things that you can see is right by the cashier, you'll see the original cartoon that... Uh, Bill Keen drew of the family circus that uses the very first reference of the Sugar Bowl. But also if you go into the Sugar Bowl Fiesta, there's so many more things that you can see of original Bill Keen art that the family has loaned to the, the Huntress family. And just awesome things. There's, there's some of the different artwork where Bill Keen used the, the Sugar Bowl as part of the cartoon. And there's just other great cartoons that you can see. And just walking around the the, the Fiesta Room, it's really fun to go and read the, the different cartoons of Bill Keen and the Family Circus. Is that open for visitors to just go in and walk in and look, or do you need to be a patron and sit well, down and order food? I think he would probably appreciate it if you had some ice cream before sure. you started walking around. <laughs> but yeah, you can walk in and and, uh, and look around. It's it's a really nice restaurant that, that fortunately is looks exactly like it was in the 50s. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, Carol Hunter says that sometimes people will fly in from for the winter to stay in 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 Scottsdale. They'll mm -hmm. arrive at the airport and tell the cab driver, "Take me straight to the Sugar Bowl," so I make sure it's still there for another year. Right, and it's nice to know that they survived the pandemic and they're back and open, and Absolutely. we can stop in there today. It was really tough for him in the pandemic, as you can imagine. First off, they had to close for a couple months, and mm -hmm. then when they reopened, they had to have less tables. And it's not like a bar where where people can have three or four drinks. When you go to ice cream, you have one and then you're kind of done. Right. Unless the kids beg for a second or a third, well, but most parents don't give it to them. I was going to say, speak for yourself. <laughs> now, I, it's, uh, it's on the topic of ice cream, I know because you are so dedicated to your storytelling craft that you have conducted some research. Correct. And, uh, you know, just for the benefit of our, our audience uh, you went down and you've had some of the sundaes and, and different ice creams there. Uh, share share what you discovered in that process. Well, the most popular thing that they have is the Top Hatter ice cream sundae. And I can tell you, I went down there for research for this and I had one. I Before that, for years, I've had a banana split. I've had different sorts of sundaes. Never had the Top Hatter. Definitely worth it. Definitely go down and have one. Delicious. If you like incredibly good tasting chocolate and ice cream and it's wonderful. Okay, sold. 
Uh, well, it's really interesting to hear the story and the connection with the cartoonist and the Sugar Bowl. In fact, we have a statue, a, a Bill Keen statue, at the railroad park, don't we? We do, in fact. Um, it was put out as a partnership with Paradise Valley and Scottsdale after Bill Keen had died that they put up a statue for him um, at the McCorpin Ranch Railroad Park. It's called Giddy Up Daddy, and the sculptor was Debbie Gessner. And it was unveiled in 2013 on the second anniversary of his death on November 8, 2011. And there's a plaque there and it reads, if there's a philosophy behind this feature, it's this, a home filled with love and laughter is the happiest place in the world. There's also um, a pretty neat grave marker that they put for both Bill Keen and his wife, Thel. Uh, when they died, they put the, the children up there and the children end up being quite interesting for what they have done. For example, Glenn Keane, um, one of his sons, was hired by Walt Disney to be an animator. And he worked on animated movies from 1977 to 2010, including The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Tarzan, and Tangled. And he was named a Disney legend in 2013. Wow. In fact, uh, Glenn Keane partnered with uh, Kobe Bryant and they animated a short called Dear Basketball and it won an Academy Award mm -hmm. back in 2017. And his youngest son, Jeff Keane, became an inker for his father and then took over the cartoon in the early 1980s. Bill let Jeff draw the cartoon full time after Thel died and he's still contributing ideas once in a while until he died. Today, Jeff signs each cartoon, Jeff and Bill Keen, to acknowledge the lasting legacy of his father. And today, the family circus is in over 1,500 newspapers and online each day. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing the story, Bruce. I know, you know, it's uh, not only with our 70th birthday celebration, but also it's July, right? What better time to stop in the Sugar Bowl and get some ice cream and and cool off. And Absolutely. I know it's a favorite to many employees and, of course, visitors from all over. So we're lucky to have it just right down the street from our city buildings. And so if you would like to hear more stories from Bruce, we actually are going to bring him back for something completely different in October. We found it fitting to do it then. But uh, for those of you who don't know, we actually have some haunted city buildings including the one that Bruce and I work in. So uh, I don't want to give too much away, but we are going to have Bruce back in October, right before Halloween, to share some of those ghost stories. But Bruce, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing the story and the history of the Sugar Bowl. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of Podstale. But before I go, here's this week's trivia question. What's the name of the Bill Keene statue at the McCormick Stillman Railroad Park? Email your answer to communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. I'll be back in two weeks for another episode. So until then, take care and stay cool.